Hello and welcome to the Mind Body Masters podcast and you're listening to episode number 23. Now imagine what it would be like to live in constant pain, have almost no energy and to have your life completely dictated by your symptoms. Well, for our next guest, Brittany, this was the case for her. She was struggling as what we call a spoonie, uh, dealing with the effects of chronic pain, chronic fatigue, and living a life of trying to find solutions. Brittany was uh, doing all kinds of treatments, all kinds of therapies, taking all of the supplements and doing all of the diets. In fact, healing became her full-time job. But the problem was she wasn't getting any results. Now, In this episode, we're going to meet with Brittany and we're going to hear what made the difference for her. We're going to hear what happened when she started to look at healing from the inside out as opposed to the outside in. So in this episode, you're going to hear all about how she was battling with her body to now how she was able to make peace with her body and also her mind. So if you're someone who has struggled with chronic health issues, if you're someone that has to cancel plans all the time because of uh, lack of energy and lack of uh, motivation, well, this episode is going to really resonate with you and I'm sure Brittany's story is going to inspire you. So be sure to stay tuned. Hi, I'm Jay Curry. As a former chiropractor, I realized that people's physical symptoms started in their mind and not in their body, which is why I now teach people how to heal themselves from the inside out. Now, you don't need to be a monk or a mystic to heal yourself. You just need to learn how to master your mind-body connection. And this podcast is going to show you how. You're going to learn how to understand the hidden meaning of your symptoms, resolve the old emotional baggage that's kept you stuck, and gain practical tools to reduce the stress in your life. This is going to give you the ability to heal not only physically, but also spiritually. And this comes with a dangerous level of freedom. So let's help you become a mind-body master. All right, we're live. And I'm here today with uh, Brittany Bohat. She is one of our founding members of the Mind-Body Masters program. And we're going to be hearing all about uh, her story, her journey and where she was and what was going on in her life uh, before learning about this awesome work. So, Brittany, welcome. How are you? I'm great. Thanks. I'm great. Uh, glad to be here. <laughs> awesome. It's, glad, it's uh, good to have you here too. Now, I just wanted to get you on today because I, I thought that uh, so many people can probably relate to where you were and, and what was going on in your life uh, prior to starting to do the inner work prior to starting to look at uh, how your mind affects your body. And I just want to, we, we first connected back in uh, May, 2020. So that was mm-hmm. a little while ago. Now, just tell me where you were, what was going on in your life uh, around that time, particularly when it comes to your health. Yeah. So even before that, um, I, I started to um, have a lot of physical intensity in my body Um and I couldn't ignore it anymore. Um, so I, I had to look at um, some different things. Um, I felt really sick all the time. I felt like uh, my body was just so um, intense. My body was just like filled with fibromyalgia kind of pain. I um, couldn't eat certain things. I, I just thought that I was um, on all of these diet protocols and um, it it was a full-time identity sort of thing. I, I identified as a spoonie um, and it, uh, it was a lot. It was a lot of things going on in my body and mm-hmm. I tried all kinds of things and it didn't really, it didn't really work. 
So then I found you and I had our, our consult and it like completely shifted things for me. It was really cool. Okay, sweet. Let's go back a step. What's, yeah. spoon, what's a spoonie? spoonie. Tell, tell, <laughs> me about, tell me about what this is because um, this is a new term for me. And yeah, let me know what, it, what does it mean? Yeah. So I um, dove into the whole world of chronic illness um, on mm-hmm. the interwebs and it was a name that comes up um, for people that identify with the spoon theory. It's so that every day you're given a certain amount of spoons and doing certain tasks um, takes a certain amount of spoons. And whenever your spoons are gone, that's it. So mm-hmm. people had to really be conservative of the spoons that they're giving. Um, when you have chronic illness, they're even more limited. So I identified that I, I only have limited resources and um, it, it's just the, the sickness that, that goes along with it. So I really identified with that. Um, and it, it wasn't really awesome mm-hmm. while I was in it, but then I came out of, of that identity and I was like, oh, no, it, it doesn't need to be that way. <laughs> okay. And so when you're talking about resources, I'm assuming you mean like energy, is that, is that right? Uh, yeah. So, um, taking a shower might take a certain amount of spoons or, um, going out for dinner, um, Mm -hmm. or going to a concert or things. It it really depletes your energy. So you have to be really mindful of, um, what you're giving your energy to. And for some people, they could just go really quick. Some people might have more spoons on on a certain day versus another, but it's more, um, being mindful of where your energy is going. And for people with chronic illness, it said that, it's more limited, but I, that, that's not a paradigm that works for me anymore. <laughs> yeah. We, we got to remember, this is not you today. This is you back, um, no. back in 2020 and, and previous to that. So with being this spoonie tell, like, I guess it's kind of hard for me to understand, but I'm assuming that like what that means is that you had to be very careful with what you did and what would happen, Brittany, if you spent all of your spoons. I would just get exhausted. I would need to sleep. I would just be done, done mm-hmm. for the day. Like, um, wouldn't really have the resources to make a meal. I couldn't eat. Um, getting through the workday was really hard sometimes. Um, I would cancel plans a lot. Like mm-hmm. we had plans to go out for dinner for the weekend and like, I'm just not feeling up to it. I've got to cancel. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was really frustrating. Um, but I think that there were more, um, more influences there than just physical. I think it, w- it was more of an emotional thing too, but it was, a, it was a lot easier just to say, oh, well, I don't have the energy because I'm sick because I have these diagnoses, blah, 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 mm-hmm. that um, it was more of a cop-out for when I didn't feel like it and more than just physically sometimes. Yeah, got you. And I can imagine that would be pretty frustrating at times to go, you might have dinner with your girlfriends or your friends or, or whatever. And then it's just like, yeah. oh, actually, no, I can't, I can't do this because I'm just not up to it today. Yeah. So in some ways it was great because it was a, it was a cop out if I didn't want to go, but there were <laughs> other sure. times that it was really frustrating yeah. um, when I wanted to. And I felt like I, I had no control over my body and my body would dictate what I could and couldn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would just get really upset um, yeah. that I, I had no, no control, no say um, like I was working, my, my body was working against me mm-hmm. um, and that was not a good way to think about it. Yeah. And, and one of the things that we teach inside MBM is that your body isn't working against you. It's, it's always, always working for you. Do you, do you want to touch on, on what that means to you? Yeah, that it's, it's no longer this idea of 
um, an antagonistic relationship. My body's not trying to sabotage me. My body is not trying to work against me. Um, it's not rebelling. Uh, it's not the, the warrior. Sometimes that comes up in the chronic illness community. I'm just a fibromyalgia warrior. I'm, I'm a warrior. And it, it, it brings up the, the idea of the, a controversy or a conflict. And that's no longer what energy I want to embody. Um, it's more that my body is working for me. My body is doing exactly what it's supposed to. It's healing me. It's helping me. I'm a partner with my body. I'm grateful for my body. It helps me to do really awesome things in this world. Um, and I, I treat it as such. So yeah, that's wow. been a really cool shift. That's amazing. And that's so true too, is, is that fight that being a chronic fatigue warrior or a fibromyalgia warrior, it requires a lot of energy. It, it, it means that you're constantly in a battle. And I think when people really understand like you have that your symptoms aren't a problem, your, your body isn't broken, your body isn't faulty, it's actually working for you. That's when you can start to, oh, okay, well, I just need to deal with the, the root issue here, which we'll get to in a minute. But I just want to talk about that because obviously if you were experiencing that, that case of being a spoonie and only having so many spoons worth of energy to do certain things uh, throughout the day, there's two things I want to touch on there. Firstly, in terms of your spoons, how many spoons do you have these days? Do you have a to still cancel? Than- do you still have to cancel plans and things like that? No, not from that same energy. If I do, I, I cancel them because I, I want to or need to, not because my body dictates that. Gotcha. Um, so I have way more spoons. I don't even think about spoons anymore. Perfect. But um, I, I have the energy to do the things that I need to do that I want to do. Um, and that it's, um, it's just a lot easier. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's not something that I think about even anymore. Awesome. Because I imagine so many people have to plan their life around their illness. Absolutely. And we were chatting the other day and I know you're going on vacation soon. Like, is that something that was a concern for you going into va- going on vacation? Oh, absolutely. It was the the planning ahead of time with the, the diet. So am, am I going to be able to find something to eat because I can't have X, Y, Z um, food? Am I going to be able to have time to go back to a hotel room and rest? Am I going to be able to go on a, an excursion all day of something really physical or I'm, am I going to need a nap throughout the day? I would think about all of those things. And it's not even on my radar anymore. Mm. So yeah. So, cool. so you're going on holidays next weekend, next week, right? On Saturday. Awesome. Just and, in a couple of days. Yeah. And I'm assuming you haven't really needed to prepare of where you need to rest or what food you can eat. Nope. <laughs> That's nope. awesome. It's and, so cool. And with that, does that make it a bit more easy to enjoy things? Yeah, I can relax. I don't have to read the menu ahead of time. I don't mm-hmm. have to make sure that my hotel room is fragrance free and mold free and blah, blah, blah. Like it's such a, a cool um, energy and it's an appreciation like, oh, that's where I was. And now I can thoroughly enjoy being present and not really think about that and be okay with my body handling things as they come up and like, hey, I got this. It's okay. <laughs> it's nothing to stress about. I can go relax. Wow. That's amazing. Cool. And I think the reason, like the reason I wanted you on the show is because I'm sure so many people can relate to that in terms of their, their, their life is dictated and run by their chronic symptoms, their, their fibromyalgia, their chronic fatigue, their, their life is run by how many spoons that they have. And 
I think one of the beautiful things is when you start to do the inner work, when you start to heal and when you start to partner with your body, instead of working against it, all of a sudden you, you, you free up so much mental space of not having to worry about what, uh, what things are on the menu or if there's going to be dust in the room or, or whatever. And I think that's just such a, a powerful, powerful thing for everyone listening. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. It's such a freeing feeling. Um, so it's freed up so much bandwidth, like you said, mm-hmm. that I can think about other things like enjoying life and being present rather than stewing and stressing and, oh my goodness, that I can just, I can relax. So it sounds like your mind's calmed down a little bit as well. It has. Um, I'm noticing that I, my mind just wants to go to like something else to stress about. Like, hmm, I don't want to step back into that because that that was not comfortable. That's mm-hmm. That's not a healthy place to be. So learning to... Um, quiet that hamster wheel spinning mindset um, and just really being present. Awesome. And and that's what it all comes down to is one of the things that I often talk about is is when you become present, healing is something that starts to happen quite naturally. And you don't have to think about healing a cut on your finger. Your body knows how to do it. And when you get really present, when you learn how to quiet down, this is when your body can start to heal. So one of the things, and I'm going to get into more of this as we go, but one of the things is being exhausted, having all this fibromyalgia type pain, I'm assuming that led you to try and find answers in the traditional sense, right? So I'm assuming you, and one of the things that you told me before we got on air today was it it sort of almost became a bit of an obsession of finding what was wrong with you. Do you want to, do you want to talk a little bit to that, Brittany? Yeah. So when I started having the fibromyalgia kind of symptoms or reactions to food or what I thought were reactions to food, um, I went to a general practitioner, my regular doctor, and they're like, well, we'll run some labs. Like, okay, huh, this is what's coming back. We don't know what to tell you. Like, okay. Um, mm. So I started to think outside of the box and I came across like functional medicine. I came across um, alternative kind of healing um, more woo-woo, non-traditional kind of things. And I went to pretty much every kind of practitioner under the sun, naturopath, um, energy healing, um, chiropractor, acupuncture. Um, I went to talk therapy. I went to group therapy. I had massages. I had all kinds of alphabet soup of therapies done. And it was just, just one more thing. Oh, well, that, that didn't work. Let me try another one. It's, it's out there. It, that just wasn't the one for me. It's out there. Let me, let me go find it. They have all the answers. I just need somebody different to tell me the answer for the diagnosis that I'm looking for to make it all make sense. I never got that. So it was just another um, thing to keep my mind busy from, from being present with what was truly in front of me, like what's going on. And if I sat still long enough, um, it would just kind of be more calm, but I really did take on the identity of I've got to find one more thing and one more thing and one more thing it's out there. Um, But then I realized like, Oh no, not really. No. Well, that that sounds exhausting. Like just, just hearing you talk about that. It's like all of those treatments, all of those things. I mean, like that's, that's a, it's a full-time job. It, yeah, it was, it was, it was a cycle. So I had my, my day job working and then I would spend time going and arranging appointments and, um, the, the money that I was spending toward all of that, like I felt exhausted at my job. I was able to patch through. I never needed to miss work because of my symptoms, but 
it was just one more like, oh my God, I was afraid of what happens if I get worse and I can't work. And then I need all of these, um, these therapies and these supplements. And if I can't work, how am I going to pay for that? It was just round and round wow. and round. <laughs> and like, let's talk dollars. Like what, how much were you kind of spending on? Cause I, I don't imagine that those or those therapies and treatments yeah. in that, like uh, that amount of um, time would be, yeah. <laughs> wouldn't come cheap, especially in the States. Yeah. It was not uncommon for me to walk into a doctor's office and drop 500 to a thousand dollars for the, um, for the blood work, for the session visit itself. Um, and then the supplements that I had to buy through that practitioner. Um, it, it was just uh, enormous. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the, the special food, um, so gluten-free, everything costs twice as much and organic and this and that, um, not counting the food and such it all together over the course of maybe two and a half years, it was probably at least 10 grand Yeah, wow. Um, of, of visits and supplements and such. Um, it, it was, yeah, it, it was wow. a lot and I didn't feel better. That was the thing I'm, I'm spending this money and I'm spending $200 at least per month on, on these supplements. I was up to 17 supplements one, on, at one time every day. Wow. Um, that, that was my, my max. That was my, um, my most, um, that's like a whole meal. It, it is. And my entire day was like, I have to take this before this. I have to take this before I eat this after I eat. And I ran out of this. So I've got to get more. It was never ending. Mm -hmm. And I think this, the stress of managing all of that contributed to the, the perpetuation of being sick. <laughs> 100%. And, and this is what I call the symptom spiral or the, or the pain loop, depending on depending on how it's presenting for people. But the more in which you focus on how sick you are, the more in which you focus on needing to find the solution, inherently it eludes you even more. And this is something that I'm going to touch to in a second. But yeah, that is such a that's 17. That's a huge number of supplements. And and what are you taking now? Like how many supplements are you taking today? One. One. Okay, One. great. <laughs> Awesome. And in terms of like, uh, it sounds like you, you, I'm assuming you've been through like the elimination process of, um, of dieting. Like one of the first things that a lot of people do when they, when they're diagnosed with these type of chronic fatigue or fibromyalgia things is a lot of the elimination diet. So what was some of the, I know you spoke to having gluten-free bread and all that kind of stuff, but what mm -hmm. are some of the, um, things that you cut out of your, out of your diet? Sure. I started with whole 30, which is pretty much really restrictive. So I did whole 30. There was an autoimmune protocol. Um, so that's whole 30 and then even more. So I had a really restrictive, um, repertoire of what I could eat. It made eating really not fun. It took the joy out of eating. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was some combination of paleo, um, so like grain free, um, it was yeast free. It was sulfur free. It was cruciferous vegetable free at some time. Um, it was soy, dairy, gluten, sugar, alcohol, nightshades, um, in various combinations. Um, but then sometimes I would go out to eat and I would realize like, oh no, that was fried in the same fryer as French fry or as things containing gluten. And, oh no, this had gluten in it. And I, I ate it. And I thought that I would be so sick, but sometimes I was, and sometimes I wasn't. So it started to create this idea of, of doubt. Like, is it really the food? No, no, no. I, I better just continue to avoid it to be safe. Yeah. Got so, you. It, yeah. 
And often what people find is that um, these restrictive diets, and I'm not, there's, they, they can be really useful at times. I'm not, um, mm-hmm. I'm not going against them by any means, but with um, those restrictive diets, it, again, it, it sounds like it was causing you a whole load of stress and nothing was really changing in your symptoms is what I'm hearing. Right. So I, that was part of the identity too. I think I wanted to, to feel special and ask the waiter to make something special for me or mm-hmm. to um, say like, what's in this? Oh, I can't have that because I'm sick. And it, it really took the fun out of going out to eat. It took the fun out of cooking sometimes. Um, not to mention, I lost so much weight, um, whether it was the restrictive um, intake or the, the stress about, is this going to hurt me? Is this what's keeping me sick? If I didn't have this food, then my body would be healthy. It was, it was bananas, the, the depths to which my mind took me about the food. So it's, yeah, wow. it's really freeing to have zero restrictions. Yeah. So you, so you have no restrictions on what you eat these days? No, no. Yeah. I, I choose to eat healthy because it makes my body feel good. Yeah. It, I, I choose to prioritize nutrients in my body as an act of gratitude for my body mm-hmm. um, rather than I can't have that because it's going to make me sick. It, I choose not to have that because I don't feel my best when I have junk. <laughs> Got you. Yeah. And that's such a beautiful way to eat. And so like given that now, if you went out for dinner with friends and uh, you went out to a restaurant, would, would that be something that you'd worry about anymore? Would you worry about having a beer with, with your meal or, or a burger or? Not a bit. And so is, is the joy returning to eating? Absolutely. Eating's yeah. great. I love eating. <laughs> I'm so excited to go on vacation and enjoy tacos and margaritas and yeah. not think twice about it. <laughs> Amazing. So yeah, Mexico is where you're off to, right? So tacos I, and, and yeah. margaritas galore. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited that I don't have to ask them what's in this and can I have this and have to worry about is this going to make me sick? Beautiful. And I think that's a beautiful thing. It's what you said there is, is such a truism. It's like I choose not to eat garbage. I choose not to eat junk food because it. I feel rubbish after eating. No wonder it's called junk food. And But I'm choosing now to eat healthy foods, but I'm not doing it from the place of oh, this is going to make me sick or this is going to make my symptoms worse. So I want to touch on something now. Now, one of the things with um, with symptoms and oftentimes when people have been in this symptom spiral, like you were searching for solutions, but never actually finding answers, um, you're, you're back what in 2020, you'd, you'd be what I call the hopeful healer. It's just you're always hoping that the next thing is going to provide you the answers. The next thing is going to take the pain away. The next thing is going to, finally help you but one of the things that i or in the places that that you and i work from now is that when you are experiencing symptoms that's actually a blessing because experiencing symptoms is guiding you to deal with something that's going on inside deal with something that's going on in your mind deal with something that's going on in your life would you like to talk a little bit about about that now sure that's, that's been the biggest lesson that I've learned from GNM and MBM that mm-hmm. symptoms are indicative of healing, that it's not something new to freak out about. It gives me direction for where to look, where, where do I look for um, clues about what's going on? What do I need to address that, that my body is healing from? Um, so things that have come up are um, the, the widespread discomfort. And, um, it's it pointing to where do I need to value myself? 
where, where do I need to, um, honor myself? Where do I need to look for that? Or, um, with certain things like skin issues coming up, um, that it's indicating, Oh, that's something that I need to consider, huh? Coming at it from curiosity rather than, Oh my God, another thing to, to go to a doctor about blah, blah, blah. Another supplement that I need to take another cream, another potion, blah. Like it's, it's really cool to approach it from, huh? My body's doing something to, to help me heal. Like, I wonder what's going on there. Yeah. And that's exactly what it's all about is going, Oh, I've got a skin condition instead of freaking out and going, Oh my goodness. And this don't, don't get me wrong for everyone listening. This isn't an opportunity for you to uh, avoid getting medical treatment or, or doing what you need to do, but it's, it's inviting that curiosity. It's, it's looking at your symptoms as meaningful as going, Hey, these symptoms are actually here to show me something. They're here to point me in the right direction of uh, what I need to heal which on the inside, emotionally, uh, emotionally, spiritually, which I think is a beautiful point. Now, one of the things that you said earlier was, and by the way, you you had a full-time job just trying to get better. And uh, so many people out there, I'm sure can relate to having that full-time job on top of their other full-time jobs, on top of being parents, on top of being uh, students, whatever it might be. One of the things that you said is that you believe that uh, having getting involved in, in, in trying to find the solutions was a bit of a distraction. And what do you mean by that? Yeah, it, it was something to keep my mind occupied. It's something like a task to do um, when really the task was to look at what my body was telling me. It was, it was something to, to, to keep my mind busy, to always be searching. And it was something um to bring attention to me sometimes too. Um, like I, I want attention for this, um, this diet, or I don't have any energy. It was an excuse a lot of times. Um, but it was an outward. So focusing on outward things that I can control that I can do rather than looking inward and just being, being with what my body is telling me being and accepting what's going on in my world, um, and allowing time for healing. And I, I didn't let myself sit still long enough for that to happen. Mm-hmm. And what happened when you started to sit still? Things started to just kind of float away. Mm-hmm. Like it, what, it's what just kind mean? of, and my symptoms resolved um, mm-hmm. that I felt more at peace. I felt um, like things just weren't an issue anymore. Like, oh, that really used to bother me. Like now, not so much. Like, oh, it comes up and I can let it just go as quickly as it came. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. And and this is such, such a thing is so many people are, they've got symptoms and their symptoms are actually an opportunity for them to look inside, to look at what's going on in their life, to look at the stresses that they've accumulated over the years. But for so many people, that's hard. That, that it can be a bit ugly. It can be a bit messy to, to face up to uh, some of these things in your life. And that's something that I, I know that resonated with you is that deep down, you probably knew that there was some things that you needed to resolve internally. But I remember you telling me once that you, it was actually a way of almost you avoiding doing that. It was doing this inner work was the thing that you'd been avoiding this whole time. Do you want to talk to that a little bit? Yeah, I, I kind of liken it to, um, I just let things pile up. I could bounce back from a lot of things. Um, when I was in my twenties, I would just let it fill up my bucket. Like I can absorb that. I can take that on. 
And it just filled up and filled up until I was probably about 26. And my body was just like, nope, we can't do this anymore. Like I, I can't hold this anymore. And that's when I started to notice the, the physical symptoms. So, so something was healing, something was going on, but I couldn't ignore it anymore. I couldn't stuff it down. I couldn't um, turn it away. I couldn't um, like, I couldn't not address it anymore. So mm-hmm. it, I just, it was enough. And um, it was the biggest blessing, honestly, to, to have that, that change to um, motivate me to, to look at things, to, to make a change. Cause my body said like, nope, not, not doing it anymore. Um, yeah. but it was an opportunity to, to listen to my body rather than to, um, continue to like crack the whip and to push through it and ignore and stuff. Um, so it, it sucked in the moment, but it really was the biggest blessing to, to motivate me toward the changes that I need to make. Yeah. 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 For everyone listening. And for those of you that can relate to Brittany's story, for those of you who can hear yourself in her words is, one of the biggest things is starting to understand that your symptoms are actually a blessing because they're, they're pointing you in direction to look at what's going on internally. And one of the ways that I you use the bucket analogy, one of the analogies that I use is we all have a backpack. We all have a backpack that we, that we carry around with us. And every time we go through something stressful, something that was difficult, something that was uh, emotionally, uh, mentally uncomfortable, and every time we just, we carry on, it's like putting a rock in our backpack. And over the years, we just continue to go through these events and we continue to soldier on and, and push through, as you said, Brittany. And eventually this backpack just gets so heavy and so um, so full that it weighs us down. And this is often when symptoms will start for a lot of people. And this is often when uh, a lot of mental, emotional uh, stresses really start to compound as well. So one of the things that I heard there is, and a lot of people believe, Brittany, that they need to have been through huge uh, emotional uh, PTSD style traumas, like being in a war or being um, sexually or physically abused. But it doesn't sound like that was the case for you. And, and knowing your story, it sounds more like it was that gradual build up. Is, is that right? Yeah. So that's kind of a trap that I fell into too. Like I was never assaulted. I never had a divorce, not um, had anybody close to me die. Like there it was no instance of big T trauma in my life. It was an accumulation of little T traumas and um, things that I, I brought on to, to myself and, and absorbed and didn't let myself feel in the moment. And just an accumulation of that um, just build up. Um, but that can manifest it. In, in a big way, it doesn't have to be this huge, awful event um, for your body to remember that. Um, so unpacking a lot of those as where that's where I started to find that healing, which has been really cool. Yeah. And that's where it all comes from is, and the, the, going back to that analogy, you were walking around with this really heavy backpack. You had this, this backpack full of all these little T traumas um, yeah failing an exam at school, maybe having an argument with your family or or whatever, like all these little things that we just don't deal with in the moment. We just suppress them, push them down and and put them in that backpack. What ends up happening is that backpack is heavy and it starts creating these physical symptoms seemingly out of nowhere. But what a lot of people do is they go, okay, well, I've got all these symptoms. 
I'm just going to try and find a way to cope with this heavy backpack. I'm going to try and cut out everything from my diet. I'm going to try and um, find ways in which to cope with having this heavy backpack. But what you're telling me is that the healing actually happened for you when you started to unpack those rocks, start to take them out one by one. Yeah. Realizing this was never mine to pick up. Like I picked up things from my family, the things that um, my friends would, would tell me uh, the opinions of others and stories that I created like, Oh, wait a minute. I have a choice. I don't need to carry this rock anymore. So learning when I can unload a lot of those rocks and when a rock comes my way, is this mine to pick up? Mm-mm, nope. I'm, I'm not going to go there again. Um, so it's been really cool to, to lighten that load um, and not put any rocks back in. Um, mm-hmm. But the things like setting boundaries and speaking my mind and letting myself feel, um, they have been huge because I never, I never learned how to do that as a child. I never learned how to do that from my family. So navigating that as an adult um, is, is where I am. Uh, but it's, it's, cool. it's a blessing. It's, it's a really cool journey. Yeah. Um, so it's really unpacking all of that. Yeah. And so with the unpacking, one of the things you just said then is as a child, you, you didn't really know how to show emotions. And this is something that a lot of, I'm sure I can relate to as well is we're often brought up. It's like, you need to be strong. You need to put on a brave face. You need to, uh, don't cry. Shh, shh, shh. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And so um, it sounds like for you, that was, that was part of it and learning to actually, sit with how you were feeling, not, not without getting caught up in it, without letting that emotion carry off into a mood for three or four days, but actually just sitting with that emotion and being present with yourself. Was that how you started to un- unpack some of those things? Yeah. It was just letting, letting myself identify what's going on, feeling it, letting it wash over me, knowing that it's okay um, as I feel as, as a child, I, I didn't have a model for how to let that go. It was invalidated. You're fine. Um, like, no, that's not scary or no, that's, uh, you shouldn't be mad about that. Like you, there, there were so many stories that I, that I picked up about what I was and was not allowed to feel how I was able to express, um, sadness and anger, but also joy. So it really took away the extremes of what I was and was not allowed to feel based on my upbringing, but knowing that the full range of emotion is normal and healthy and that it's okay to, to learn how to express those because letting them fester inside is, is not the way that I do it anymore. <laughs> um, that it, it's normal and that that is the, the journey that I'm meant to go on. Beautiful. That's, that's, that's amazing. And so many people we, we suppress, we push down, we, and I think one of the biggest things that people do, and this has been made really obvious in the last couple of years is we distract ourselves. We find ways of, because what ends up happening is, is people feel these uncomfortable feelings and emotions that we've stored in our body. And no one really wants to feel uncomfortable. No one wants to actually do that. But one of the ways that we, uh, that we advocate is when you actually lean into that feeling and, and let it be there, instead of distracting yourself, scrolling through social media or, or, or whatever, when you actually just sit with that and accept it, that's the only way you can start to unpack those rocks. Yeah, that's, that is what I'm working on. It's a practice. It's a habit. It is. Um, I think there was a quote, I'm, I believe you shared it. I forget who it was that conflict deferred is conflict multiplied, something like that. Or whenever you don't feel your feelings and just push it off, 
that it just, it festers and it grows and it just, it kind of just comes out um, mm. when you can't take it anymore. Um, and this is so often the case yeah. for people is they'll push things down, push things down. And then that it's, it's almost like a pressure cooker. This pressure cooker will, you, you've, you've taken on so much of other people's stuff. You've had these little stressful events accumulate over your life. And it's like a pressure cooker that all of a sudden just pops and people can then, I don't know about you, but this is what was me in the past is I could then fly off the handle and, and snap at people that I, that I care about or say things that I didn't mean or get resentful towards other people and go, what's going on here? But it's all because of that accumulated stress, all those rocks that have gone into your backpack. Yeah. Yeah. You, you go, or you see people go from 95 to hundred real quick. And it's like, well, where'd that come from? But you don't really see what takes them from zero to, to 95. What, what gets mm-hmm. them that way? And um, recognizing that there was all of this built up underneath and that I can work on releasing some of that pressure, um, that that's healthy, that it's, yeah. it's okay. Start speaking my mind, saying when things bother me, um, and sharing, um, being okay, being seen, mm-hmm. um, is, is what I'm working on as well. Um, but just, just letting that out is key to healing, to, um, not let that pressure build up again. Yeah. And one of the things that I think you just shared there is, is speaking and talking about, about this stuff is such a beautiful way. Most people think that in order to go back and release this stuff from the past, you need to be crying for four hours and sobbing. And, but that's not, that's not the case. A lot of the time it's just saying how you feel, talking about what was going on and how things uh, made you feel and then unpacking it from that perspective. And I know that's been the case for you is it's, People think that healing, it's going to be this big cathartic moment where all of a sudden the fog lifts and you're free of all this mental chatter and, and then you're healed and now you're on your way. But it's just not the case. It, and as you alluded to, it, it is a practice. It's something that we continually do. And one of the things that one of the illusions that I think people get into is I think that they think that healing is some kind of destination. And once you're there, everything's going to be fine. But for everyone, it's, it's a practice. And some of these things that we've suppressed, some of these things that we've bottled up, uh, particularly from childhood, they kind of hide under the hide under the surface and they wait for a trigger to show up. They wait for something, something to uh, happen in your everyday to, to come to the surface. And that's when you can start to heal them. So um, I think that's a really, really cool thing, Brittany. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Now, one last thing, uh, there's two, actually two more things I want to say. One of the things that you said, during the program and learning about learning about uh, how your mind affects your body and, and learning about how your symptoms are meaningful, learning how your symptoms are actually a blessing and they're teaching you to look at something inside of yourself. One of the things that you said, and I've used this quote so many times, is you said, this work is like coming home to yourself. Do you want to touch on what that means to you? Yeah, it, it really, uh, for me, it was letting go of all of the things that I can let go of that were never mine to pick up. Um, it was searching for me outside and the right doctor to tell something about me mm-hmm. that I needed to know to unlock myself when I gave my power away. And I was, I was searching for that externally when all that I needed to do was to, to sit still and look within um, and, and notice that I'm, I'm here and um, that it's been the most beautiful journey back to myself and reclaiming that power. Wow. And so when you come back to yourself, how does that make you feel? 
awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like enlivened. I, I, I find the, the joy inside that, mm-hmm. that life uh, really opens up that I, I created all of this nonsense outside of me when um, it's really meant to, to be enjoyed when, when I'm present. Sounds a lot quieter, even though you're a very analytical person and you, you, uh, you, uh, you think things through like better than most people is it sounds like the, the chatter in your brain has since quietened down. Yeah. It's, it's a balance. It's not one's bad and one's good. It's, it's a balance of head and heart and presence and flow, joy, ease, peace. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's what I'm embracing. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And finally, Brittany, uh, just to leave you here. So being a mind body master, learning how to heal and learning how to understand your body and your, and your mind. Do you want to just tell me a little bit about what being a mind body master means to you? Sure. Um, to me, that means again, it's the balance and Mm -hmm. that, um, yes, there are symptoms in my body sometimes, but that the body follows the mind. So if I focus on healing the mind and, um, letting go of things, letting go of those rocks, taking rocks out, then the body follows that it was never a physical thing. It is at, at the mind level. Um, and, and balancing all of that is, is where the magic is. Beautiful. So I guess being a mind body master as well means that you spend a lot less time worrying about your, your body and your health, right? Absolutely. It's more enjoyable. Um, yeah. It's more peaceful and calm. Um, and I'm stepping more into that every day. Beautiful. Hey, Brittany, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for sharing your story. And like I said, I know that so many people could, I could probably keep chatting to you for hours about this stuff, but um, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for sharing your journey. And um, I'm sure what your words are going to inspire a lot of people. So thanks so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Talk to you soon. There you go. So there is Brittany's story all about how she started off as a spoonie, a term that I discovered uh, since working with her. Uh, to becoming a mind-body master, being able to heal herself from the inside, being able to unpack those rocks from her backpack. So this is a really great example of what happens when you switch your attention from focusing on fixing the symptoms to dealing what's going on on the inside, which isn't always easy, isn't always comfortable, but man, is it rewarding. So I ask you, if this resonated with you or if you know someone that this uh, episode and Brittany's story is going to resonate with, please share this episode with them because it might be the very thing that starts them to uh, realize that they have the ability to heal. It might inspire them to recognize that they're, that they're not lost. Uh, and on that, if you'd like to join the Mind Body Masters program like Brittany did, uh, be sure to head over to the website, mindbodymasters.com, and you'll see a link somewhere on that page for the wait list for the next program. The next program will be opening. We only open this program twice a year. So uh, the next program will be opening towards the end of July. This is recorded uh, in 2021. So if you want to be a part of uh, this transformational program where you learn how to understand your body, learn how to understand your mind and learn how to take those rocks out of your backpack and start healing both physically and emotionally, be sure to join that wait list. All right, guys, I'll see you on the next episode. Take care. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode in full. And now I have a free gift for you. Now, if you'd like to understand more about how stress impacts not only your mind, but your body, 
well, you're in luck because right now we have a free mini course titled Mastering Your Mind, which is going to teach you all about how stress impacts your body and how you can start reversing the effects and start living not only a pain-free, healthy life, but also start feeling more calm, more present, and joyful. So if you want to get instant access to this, plus a free guided meditation, head on over to the website, mindbodymasters.com forward slash mastering dash your dash mind to get instant access to this one-of-a-kind program. Now, if you're anything like me, you're sick of seeing people suffer needlessly. And it's my mission in life to help people realize that they have the ability to heal themselves from the inside out by doing this inner work. So if you want to join me on this mission, there's two things that you can do to help out. The first thing is head on over to iTunes and give this show a five-star review. By doing so, it helps us reach more people. And secondly, share this episode with someone that you know will resonate with this message. By you sharing this podcast with them, it might be the very thing that starts them on their healing journey. So thank you so much for listening to the show, and I'll see you again on the next episode.